0: Hi, everybody. I'm Thomas Bryan, and welcome to the Resilience Rundown. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about what's happening uh, with cyber resilience, and we're joined today by Alex Janis. Uh, thanks for coming on our inaugural show, um, and can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah. Uh, my name is uh, Alex Janis, as you stated. Uh, I'm the field CTO in the global field security team, uh, and what that means is I'm, uh, I, I, I work out with clients and internally. And I'm uh, specifically here uh, to uh, you know, kind of uh, have an impact on the, the culture of security in the company. So I work with the devs, the marketing guys, sales guys, uh, with our clients and kind of making sure that our product keeps up to date with the needs that security teams have on it. Uh, before coming here, I worked at a, uh, a cybersecurity uh, services company And uh, before that, well, well, in that company, I did uh, pretty much every role you can think of uh, in the uh, commercial space for cybersecurity, doing consulting for clients. And then before that, I worked at the National Security Agency.
0: Nice. So you've been here now for about 6 months um and you you've started to get the lay of the land with our customers um but like what are you seeing out there in the field now with the like the trends when we talk about ransomware and cyber resilience you know is it is it more like zero day exploits is it social engineering uh, we were talking before the show maybe some email or is it just something else entirely
1: yeah i, th- I think that the the trend is there there really isn't a trend it's basically just It's just business as usual. I think it's the basics that always prevail. I think we want to focus on the exciting zero day stuff. But reality is, is, um, if you have those things, they're a commodity. And so you wouldn't use them if you, unless you had to, and I don't, I don't think you have to, um, I think part of that is, uh, if you're, if you're a group, uh, you know, the, in the, in the, like the original days when people were kind of like taking a look at, um, uh you know, different, different attack groups, trying to evaluate them. When you look at how they operated, they tended to have a specific goal. And that goal tended to be linked to, like, say, like a target. Right. And so you were trying to figure out um, what you needed to do to get on that target's network or have an effect on them. And so you're going to be limited to the rails of, of affecting that target. But uh, cybercrime is motivated by profit and money. And so they're um, their opportunity lives in the world of here's a random exploit that belongs to this service, mm-hmm. you know, pay a couple bucks to uh, scan the Internet or, or or get on a site that already scans the Internet, uh, mm-hmm. query for that specific vulnerable service. And those, those are your opportunities. Right. And, and obviously, based off of the, the survey of, of companies that are being uh, ransomware, uh, you've got everything from small companies to big companies. And, and also, um, you know, the other, the other thing to consider is that ransomware is a delivery mechanism for a breach, which is the actual problem. Uh, and so there are even there's more types of cybercrime. There are more types of attack that are happening outside of ransomware. So the trend is basically business as usual. Uh, opportunity is pretty much boundless and completely. Uh, endless based on the fact that there's so many different services and, and attack surfaces that you can use. And if you're not limited to a specific target, then, you know, you do whatever you want, whenever you want, you just got to <laughs> hang out for a little bit and you'll get something.
0: It's a little scary. Um, well, you, so you mentioned an interesting thing I want to go back to. So you mentioned like the commoditization of it, right? I mean, it, so are you s- seeing the more like as a service ransomwares out there in them? Yeah, I think so. Like, uh,
1: you know, so bad guys basically individually operate in the same way. I think that you can see that there are certain people who um, because, they, you know, it, it, this world is commoditized. It's about profit. Uh, if you are good at saying getting initial access, if you're good at weaponizing some vulnerability, if you're good at developing code, if you're a person who's good at doing like the lateral movement stuff, you can probably fit into that world and offer yourself up to do those specific services you, to those mm-hmm. groups but i would also say that there's another layer in the sense that if i if i can make relationships with like five different groups and i'm a criminal and i get access to one company i can basically rack and stack it by who's going to pay me the most try their mm-hmm. tool out if it works throw it down if it doesn't go to the next tool just keep going until oh, i well. find the group that the tool that works and will pay me
0: that's uh that's a little scary in a bit i mean yeah. so so with that in mind, like, are are there more common entry points or vulnerabilities, ways they gain access, or, you know, what do you, what are you seeing in that regard, and in, in terms of like how they get in then to the to their networks and and their equipment?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I think if you if you read the articles, you're going to see that there's a probably, I think that there's more of a link on who's telling the story, right? And so if I'm a company that is um, interested in a certain like part of the industry, then I'm going to see bad guys from a certain perspective, right? If I'm looking at um, fishing, social engineering, then I'm going to see that all day. Uh, kind of like you buy a car, you buy a Volkswagen, and the next thing, you know, everybody has a Volkswagen, but before you bought it, you never saw them. It's the yeah. same thing there, I think. Same kind of trend there. So, but but realistically, like I said, I think that, you know, it comes down to, to me, it comes down to three things. All, all, all attacks breaches attacks they all boil down to three things uh, time resources and opportunity and in the more monolithic groups uh that have like say focus you know time and resources were sort of like you know times and times the same across everything it's literal time the resources were like uh you know the people that you had that had certain skills maybe you had certain relationships or access to things and opportunity was sort of like more of a know like a like a variable that was kind of like luck or just something kind of fell in your lap well you look at cybercrime it's different right And, and and sort of like more of one of those three things offsets a lack of the other is given enough time you know you'll win eventually right but some people don't have that much time and so you look at cybercrime they don't need any time hardly at all because they basically just heavily operate in the um the opportunity part of it right like i just look at I just look at if I can't find a vulnerability. So that would be like a resource is somebody who can do vulnerability research on something and find a vulnerability and make it into like a weapon that I can use. Well, mm-hmm. If I don't have that, well, it turns out all I need to do is just look at the Internet and look at all the exploits that are out there. Right. And when yeah. one pops up, either either you know, search for or make a relationship with someone who can weaponize it or go on you know GitHub and find somebody's uh, example code or take the example code that comes in a lot of CVE postings and figure out like how to make that real instead of the little pop in the calci C thing and make it run my thing. And so there's, so there's your offsets there, right? Like you're heavy Mm -hmm. in the opportunity when I don't have that, then I can go to resources and sort of time is just like, you know, ultimately I think what you'll see is there is a, there's a scale problem for cyber criminals because there is a, there's an inherent weakness that everybody has in, in um, protecting themselves. Um, Mm. The defensive side, you know, the the story is, is um, you have to be right every time and, and uh, attackers have to be right once. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I think that the reason why that exists is because, um, well, I think a couple of things, one, uh, the industry puts a lot of focus on the, preventative measures the preventative security controls the the firewall rules the endpoint protection the antivirus definitions the the rules that known knowns, right and so we put such yeah. a heavy heavy focus on those things we're basically focusing on technology and lots of reasons for that too another layer we're all nerds we like solving problems with with source code and technology uh, we also our businesses like to um make money and scale that stuff and all that stuff sells right this solves a very specific problem is a, is a good sales thing but also uh, technology tends to scale better than than talking about the other issues we have right. uh, so we really what it boils down to is we put all this effort into these things and we sort of put a blind eye to the unknown notes which is on the on the unicorn day it's the o day but on the rest of it when we look at what's really happening we're really attacking you know, culture, people, protocols, all of those things, that's what's really always going to be vulnerable.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, you see it even in the the most recent attacks, right? That large uh, chain in uh, Las Vegas that that was struck. uh, And it sounds like a lot of that was more on the people. But so would you say that there is no norm when it comes to like specific families or strains of like ransomware, it's really just kind of, it really is just the opportunity at the end of the day. Like, what can you find out there?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there's always going to be, it goes both ways, right? So in the, in the groups that are very like static, uh, ultimately there will, there will be a a thing that they do because people have tendencies, right? So if, if you're a closed loop group and you do something a certain way, uh, you'll do it that way. I would, I would say that if you're looking for those groups, there's probably what I would call like a campaign that they'll do a certain way. And then there'll be another campaign that they do a different way. And you can link that to possibilities of like being like A team versus B team. But you can look you can also look at it at like risk and opportunity there as well, where you would say the risk is high, but the reward is worth it. So maybe I wouldn't mm. use something that's important to me, but I would say smash and grab or live off the land or, you know, one of those fancy words that describes like a style of attack, right? Or attacker. And so you could do those things, but, but I think that, um, so, so yeah, so the answer is, is IOCs and TTPs, the things that we use as fingerprints or indicators of compromise, um, are still valuable, but we can't live and die by those things. And ultimately when it comes down to it, the, 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 the game, Uh, and the personalities involved are I'm an attacker and I do a thing and you're a defender and you see it and then you defend against it. I'm a persistent attacker. I don't like that. So I'm going to counter your thing. And then maybe you counter that, or maybe you just don't notice and I get bored or run Mm -hmm. out the use of it and then come up with a new thing or whatever. So, but ultimately what you have is you have like one group of people who's supposed to look for forever and you've got another group of people who are super persistent and don't like failing at doing stuff, and so they're gonna they're gonna be curious about how, why is this not working? How did it catch me? And they're gonna want to make mm. a thing to to um, to go past that.
0: Mm, okay, I mean, so that that actually bl- leads to kind of a another area I, w- I wanted to to get your your insight on is. AI is the buzzword, right? We hear about AI everywhere and in the news every day. Um, but you know, as these attackers are are doing these things, like you say, and they're they're learning what works, what doesn't. Are are threat actors now starting to take advantage of AI in what they're trying to do with attacking and, and how they're trying to persist into organizations?
1: I mean, I I, um, I think that it's only obvious that you would, because again. You know, an attacker is just like any, any you know, tech person that, you know, if I can use something, I totally would use it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I use it all the time to answer a lot, of, a lot of problems that I need that I don't know the answer to. Or, or I'm, I just, you know, ultimately, like, you know, let's face it, like a lot of things like search engines suck. And so AI is like the ultimate search engine a lot of times. Right. Um, you know, the thing is, is more often than not, I don't think they need to. Uh, but if it if it was needed or if it was fun I'm sure they're gonna use it right I don't think they're using it right now because they have to I think anybody that's using it is doing it because I think it because it was a fun thing to use or um, mm-hmm. it sped up some process right but mm-hmm. but I don't think that I don't think that like this this mission impossible world where there's some deep fake thing that's like <laughs> i don't I don't think that that's necessary because I can still probably win um you know, at least eight out of ten times, uh, sending an email to somebody saying, uh, "Hey, it's me, the CEO. Buy me some gift cards or send me everyone's W 2s Right? That still works today because it didn't because it wasn't targeted against the technology before, and it's still not targeted against the yeah. technology. It's a person, and to be honest, uh, you know how we define bad isn't very good for people to understand. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so it still works.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I read in the news even this morning, there was something uh, out of Asia where they they used a deep fake video of the CEO or such and pulled out 25 million from a deep fake WebEx call.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you use it, it's going to work and it's going to work well Um, because, yeah, to my point, you don't need it. And so if you didn't Mm -hmm. need it, it worked. If you used it, it's going to it's going to it's going to work really well, too. Right. And and the thing is, is the defeat the ultimate defeat for whether it's AI or if it's not is to, is to be like why would why would you want this much money? This is suspicious, yeah. right? Yeah. Every every um in in my in my experience, every incident response that I ever worked on, where a person actually was one of the things that rose to suspicion, it was because that person was suspicious. It wasn't because they looked at an email header nobody's going to do that. Right. Like yeah. you say they do they put it in the training. No one catches that stuff. Usually it's, someone didn't feel right about it. And so then they said something, they said, Hey, did, did you really want all the W2s? No, I didn't want the W2s. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing. Yeah. right? And so I yeah. think that that would still defeat AI, right? Cause you can't, there's some things that you're going to use it for, but there's always going to be something that unless, unless they take over all the comms of that CEO, yeah. you know, like yeah. when you ask them, Hey, did you really mean to do this? If they can get ins- inside of that, then I guess when they say yes and they fool you again, then I guess that that's going to be pretty impressive. But I mean, they're going to have to cover yeah. too many, too many. Like the idea would be if, if you called me, yeah. I would, I would pick a different way of talking to you. If you emailed me, I would call you, you know what I mean? Like you're not yeah. going to use the same comms method. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would definitely pick up the phone. But some people don't, I suppose. I mean, I guess in that way, not only are they are bad actors kind of weaponizing AI and trying to find new ways to use it to learn and find vulnerabilities, but they're using the good AI to create the deep fake videos and to find ways to communicate with others. So it's it seems kind of daunting in a way. Um, Yeah, that seems really scary. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it's it's a, um, you know, it's 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 making life a little bit harder for everybody. Just like any any exploit does, it ultimately attacks your convenience. Uh, you know, you thought that you had one simple way to interface with something or a person, and then this attack basically turned that upside down, right? And so yeah. you originally thought that you could just log on to a website, and that was good enough. And then, you know, people, uh, you know, decided to breach a whole bunch of different places and every place you reuse that password, poof, you were, you know, <laughs> now they could reuse your password and, and exploit yeah. you. And then you thought, okay, why well, I don't I have a good strong password? And then somebody was stealing your token or your cookie or whatever. Yeah. And so then you thought you could do MFA and then the same thing happened. And so, you know, ultimately all these attacks are attacks against our, um, you know, our convenience to do a thing a certain way, and mm-hmm. so ultimately, we try to come up with smart ways to add another layer that makes it a little bit harder for an attack to just work one off, right? Yeah. Um, so I guess yeah. on the other side of that, using AI in the defensive side, it's going to be, it's going to be some something that looks at, you know, your behavior. And tries to determine if you are actually you as opposed to someone else mm. trying to be you, which is what you know, like authentication kind of is. Um, but even then that is hard because you you wanna still give people access. That's the that's the yeah. ultimate hurdle for security, is to secure it, but not secure it in such a way that it's not usable. Yeah. Right?
0: Uh, well, there's always this phrase, uh, a friend of mine used to say, security put the no in innovation because it was just that it, it was so hard, like they wanted to put it and lock things down so much. But I mean, so what would you say effective strategies are then to help mitigate uh, ransomware and, and how can I lower my risk? I think, um, yeah, I mean, so there's, I think there's a couple
1: different approaches. There's the approach where you try to, to look for the things and stop them. That's that preventative stuff. I think you should still do that, but I think you should also expect that to fail or to eventually be bypassed. Um, The next step would be, um, you know, well, and the other part of this is too, is, you know, somebody has to be there to monitor those things. That's the other problem is a lot of times I've seen people have these very intricate systems that actually did identify or log the situations, but if there's nobody there or no machine there to actually see what not good is, then it doesn't matter, right? They're not gonna notice it. Yeah. Um, ultimately, I think it comes down to this. I think there's only one universal like solution to this stuff, uh, and it's basically live your life like you know it's gonna it's gonna happen, right? So there's that that saying. It's not if it's when. Mm-hmm. I think that's being a little too positive. I think the other saying that's um, you are breached, you just don't know it yet, is is actually m- more realistic, honestly, for a mm-hmm. long time too by the way. Mm-hmm. And so you just got to think about it. Like, all right, what the first step is, is what is it, what does your company need to actually do business? What actually do you need? And uh, for me, the one lesson I learned that was kind of surprising coming from from my world, I thought exfil of data was the, was the pinnacle of, of priorities. You had to protect your intellectual property and interface with this one um, CEO. And he basically said, I don't care about any of that stuff. And I was shocked because Mm. this person had some really important IP to protect. And what he ended up saying was, for me, I don't care about that stuff because if I did, I'd be out of business already because, you know, uh, people come and go that work for me. They're not going to, what are they going to forget all that stuff? That's not going to happen. People also steal things. And so ultimately for him, it it became important to have the, the ability to, you know, make it cheaper. So make a better profit make it faster than anybody and make it better than anybody. And he said, if I do those things, that's what's important. And so when you look at that, you know, what that became is a conversation about an understanding of what priority means to a company, the real crown jewels. And sometimes the crown jewels are a thing, but sometimes the crown jewels are a way of doing the thing, right? Mm. And so you got to actually examine what matters to your company. So if you protect that thing first and foremost, You'll you win a lot. You'll win a huge percentage of that game, um, because ultimately that's that's where I think a lot of companies fail in this game. They put their their limited resources in the wrong thing, protecting the wrong thing. So that's mm-hmm. the first step: figure out what matters and protect that thing. Uh, then live your life from there forward. Like that thing's already breached and exploited. And so how do you how do you go how do you how do you exist then? Right? Something bad happened. What do you do now and you don't want to have to figure that out during the actual event you want to try to do that before because uh you know people function very badly under stress so why not try to figure those things out you know under peacetime kind of thing you know
0: the i mean i operate best at three o'clock in the morning after not sleeping for five days yeah yeah, yeah
1: absolutely well and the best thing is is like on a good day the the organization internally functions like super well, right? Everyone gets along. There's no yeah. politics, there's no arguing. So imagine what that's like under the stress of like a breach, right? It's a hundred thousand yeah. times worse. And so, uh, yeah, so figure those things out, figure out who those people are, write that plan down of what you're gonna do to like, to, to survive that, right? To, start to survive that situation. And, you know, sometimes that's as simple as, you know, you know, coincidentally what we do as a company, right which yeah. exists in this world of of not only just backing up your data but also putting uh, protections around it and mm. interacting with the rest of your security stack to 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 further protect and provide information uh like in a comprehensive way so you know thinking about it like interactions or integrations with like a simsor mdr xdr kind of thing you've got all these little individual uh systems that are sending data up to these systems. And instead of looking at individual events that are going on, and having a crap ton of false positives, usually killing your people by like Jira ticket, uh, maybe have an examination across the entire uh, infrastructure, the entire enterprise, to see if that event has any correlating events. And if it does, Mm -hmm. then that sort of looks like more Of an event that you would put your human resources on to examine as opposed to somebody logged in 10 times and failed. what is that is that is that a cat walking across the keyboard (laughs) or if you can correlate it with a bunch of different events that are going on then maybe that's something more meaningful you put your human on that and then that's a better happier human but also better utilized resources
0: yeah so i mean it sounds like it's kind of a mix right people process technology Um, And that we have to be mindful of all those things. So uh, I want to say thank you again, by the way, for for joining us today. Um, We're we're trying to keep these podcasts short for those of you that are listening. We want to make them very easily digestible. Um, But Alex, thank you so much for joining us on our first resilience rundown uh, and uh, have a great day.